We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. Chris Biederman will be joining me shortly. Got a two-guest pod today. I believe we've had a two-guest pod before, but Chris and I couldn't remember, so this may or may not be the first ever two-guest pod. Danny Kelly from The Ringer. Uh, he covers the NFL over at The Ringer, does a lot of fantasy football stuff, but he is also their draft guru. He is really excellent. Had an awesome chat with him about this year's quarterback draft class and which player he thinks the 49ers will and should take with the number three pick. And then George Shahori from Pro Football Focus, a big Niner fan, but covers the NFL over at PFF and really does an excellent job over there. Always fun talking with him, but it's even more fun when he has strong 49ers takes regarding the number three pick and, and the most important position on the field. So, uh, couple of really, really good in-depth conversations with uh, voices that aren't just mine and Chris's. So enjoy. Blue Liar. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Danny Kelly is here. You can 
find his stuff over at the Ringer. He's on the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find his excellent draft guide at nfldraft.theringer.com. It is uh, one of my favorite pieces of draft content, and we know there's a lot of them. Uh, DK, thanks so much for taking time out of, I know this is like your busiest time of year. So <laughs> yeah. thanks for taking a few minutes today and talking draft with us because uh, as a 49ers podcast, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, something big happened recently. Yeah. FYI. So definitely. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. This is uh, this is like all I've been thinking about, <laughs> at least NFL-wise, for the last like week or however. I don't even remember when it happened. When was it? Like Monday? So Friday? Friday? Friday. Friday, the day uh, after almost a week, yeah. but it feels like it was yesterday. Yeah. So, um definitely this, huge, huge news. Is this the kind of thing that like you say you've been thinking about it? Is it just because it threw like your thought process and your mock drafts just into this crazy uh warp of flux? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. Or just kind of the <laughs> ramifications from an NFL standpoint. Well, both, but I mean, initially, so first of all, I, I wanted to Shout out the 49ers for not doing this on like Friday night at 10 p.m., which a lot of teams <laughs> seem to like to do. Um, they, they were very kind and decided to do it during normal business hours, specific time. Um, so that was helpful for me. And yeah, I had to basically change right at, or, uh, cause I, I released a mock draft, I think like the day before. And, and as soon as this happened, they're like, all right, time to redo it. I didn't have to do the whole thing over, but obviously, um, this throws the whole draft basically for a loop, the whole first round other than maybe the first two picks. So, um, huge news, I think from a draft point of view, and then obviously from an NFL point of view, um, you know, the big thing is you just don't let Kyle Shanahan get a good quarterback. That's something that I've been preaching for years now. Um, if, if, you know, if you're a fan of other teams, I just think this is potentially huge for them. Like long-term getting a dynamic, really good quarterback in that system, um, could make this offense like extremely, extremely good. So, uh, I think this is a, a, a like a potentially earth shattering move for, for this team. All that being said, what do you think the ceiling's going to be with Mac Jones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's like a really good question. I mean, because number one, I don't want to like crap on Mac Jones necessarily because he, he obviously <laughs> did a lot of good things this last year. Um, I think it just came as a big surprise to most people following this that he would be rated higher uh, than the guys like Justin Fields, Trey Lance um, because, I mean, as I've been doing this, like those two guys to me stand out um, really, really elite skill sets. Obviously, I think Trey Lance is a little bit um, I guess behind in terms of his experience, certainly, um, but they both have big arms. I'm talking about Fields and Lance. Big arms, athleticism, mobility. Both come from uh, offenses that had them run a lot. You just start picturing like the RG3 rookie season, um, the things that they could do with play action, bootlegs, all this stuff. So the fact that Mac Jones kind of is the guy right now, apparently, or at least the, the <laughs> leader in the clubhouse, um, is surprising because he is not that type of quarterback. Now, at the same time, there's been plenty of really good offenses that have basically the like just pocket passing quarterbacks. Like if you can if you can get the ball out, if you can throw it accurately on time, not turn the ball over. I mean, Shanahan turned Matt Ryan into an MVP. Like they had one of the craziest offensive years ever. So I'm not necessarily ready to just say this is a stupid move. If it is if it is Mac Jones, but it is a surprise move, and it's definitely not like what I would do. <laughs> Put it right. that way. So I yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like. Be a little bit careful to 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 
talk like this is a, a stupid move if it is for Mac Jones because I do honestly believe if Mac Jones is the pick, he's going to play well. Like he's going to mm-hmm. he's going to do well in this offense. I think um, not any quarterback could do that, but I think it's such a quarterback friendly system. Um, you know, they they give the quarterback so many layups, like so many good yard after the catch creators in this offense, and, and getting guys open using play action, just the run game. I think all of that is just a, a soft landing spot for a quarterback. So I do think he would do well. Yeah. So I, I asked that question kind of tongue in cheek because I, <laughs> right. I know, I know there's been a ton of conversation about Mac Jones and it's just funny to me that like everybody knows that the draft season can be weird in terms of information and what's out there and what the media is talking about. Yeah. And to me, it's just so obvious that this is, this is where the Mac Jones conversation falls in that. You know, I, I don't doubt that a ton of scouts and a talent evaluators throughout the league are telling prominent members of draft media that, oh, this has got to be for Mac Jones because this is the guy the 49ers like. I mean, sure, maybe, maybe that's a fair assessment. Like, I don't think the 49ers dislike Mac Jones, but I think it's, it, it's bordering on lazy analysis to say, oh, the 49ers just want a guy like Kirk Cousins or like right. Matt Schaub. And, and, you know, Kyle Shanahan, we were talking about this before the pod, one of the most innovative and progressive offensive designers in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a hard time, as somebody who covers Kyle Shanahan and listening to everything he said on Monday, I have a hard time believing that he isn't evolving or he isn't looking for one of those dynamic guys. I think after the Bills game, when Josh Allen had one of his best games of the season on that Monday night in December, yeah, I think that might have been, like a clear delineation point for Shanahan in, in terms of how he views this stuff. And obviously right. losing to Patrick Mahomes on the third and 15 play that only super physically gifted guys can make. Like Mahomes is probably the only guy in the world who can make that throw. And you just, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, which Kyle Shanahan wants to do, obviously, and your dad won Super Bowls with Steve Young and John Elway, I think that that's the swing he's taking. So I think, while I don't doubt that plenty of people in the league are talking about Mac Jones in that he fits that mold that Kyle Shanahan has liked in the past, I just think it's it's awfully presumptive to just assume that Kyle Shanahan doesn't want one of these dynamic guys and right. isn't smart enough to realize, like, hey, I'm trading three first-round picks for this guy. I have to find a franchise-altering guy. Right. You're cha- Like, you're chasing that chance to... to- have the offense that like the Chiefs have, the buzzsaw offense, the quarterback can do so many different things for you. Plus the other thing, I, first of all, that was very convincing and, and, and <laughs> good job because I, I'm honestly like almost convinced now that it's all just a smokescreen, but <laughs> glad um, I could help. <laughs> yeah. So I think the other thing that I like kind of think about is in this division, I mean, you're playing Aaron Donald twice a year mm-hmm. and that's, that's a microcosm for just overall how to, how difficult it is to play offense. Like your plan isn't going to work every play in this league. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And having a guy, like you said, like Josh Allen, who can create secondary, you know, scramble plays or off, off um, structure plays and, and just kill, kill a defense, like kill the, kill the morale of a defense by making these crazy plays. Like you said, a third and long or whatever that just, I mean, I don't know. It's just like having one of those like super Mario power up type things. It's just so difficult to um, defend those types of players. And, so yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, that's why this whole thing has been sort of mystifying um, for me is because yeah, like Mac Jones, very good processor, you know, elite accuracy, but he's definitely in the in the spectrum of like a game manager type guy. He's not gonna like create on his own or um, 
in theory, like elevate the guys around him. He's going to run the system really well. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think, I don't know. I think right now where I am is my head is telling me that it's Mac Jones because that's just kind of Occam's razor. It's like what everyone's saying it's going to be, mm-hmm. but my heart is telling me it's going to be Fields or Lance, Trey Lance. And so, um, I don't know. This is going to be a long month, I think. <laughs> you're, you're in the Pacific Northwest. Um, <laughs> you know the Seahawks very well. Yeah. If you had a look into the Seahawks building or you're in the Seahawks building, because one of the things, Bill Simmons, I don't know if you've heard of him. One of the things he yeah, always talks about is, <laughs> is, is like if, if you're a team, do what the other teams don't want you to do. <laughs> right, exactly. So what are the, if you're the Seahawks and you're in the Seahawks building, what are they looking at when the Niners pick at three and going, God, I hope they don't draft that guy. I mean, for me, it's, it's Justin Fields. Like that would be terrifying. Um, Slightly below that, I guess, would be Trey Lance because I think if you look at what they've done, North Dakota State, um, just, you know, shredding teams and the, the, what they can do, combining the run game, play action game, deep passing, all that stuff, use, use the quarterback in the run game. And it's exactly what I think the 49ers want to do. So, um, right. yeah, I mean, if either of those guys get in the Shanahan system, I think you read it, Kyle, you retweeted something that I tweeted like, long time ago something like just don't let shanahan get a good qb like that's the most yeah you said thing. that you said that on the pod like the <laughs> thing the nfl needs to do is not let shanahan get a good quarterback <laughs> this, this is my seahawk fandom kind of like you know coming out <laughs> but um in reality like yeah like that would be way more terrifying to me than you know chasing another Kirk cousins or another matt ryan you know you can deal with those kind of quarterbacks um when you got a guy like fields or lance where they're getting out of pocket they're escaping your pass rush you know, they can do things in the run game. It's just like, man, how do you defend this? This is so hard, especially when you add in the, the Shanahan brilliance of his run game and, and how difficult it is just to defend that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a notoriously difficult run game. They're so multiple in what they do and, like, misdirection and all that stuff. Good, you know, obviously a talented offensive line. Kittle, who's, like, the best blocking tight end right now, maybe other than Gronk, but I guess, like, Gronk's a little bit past his prime at this point. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it's that's way more terrifying than if they bring in a guy like uh, like Jones, just because you know there's certain things you can do to like w- like box those guys into the pocket and just you know whatever. But when you have secondary like guys that can do things, you know, after the play breaks down, like Mahomesian, um, that's where it starts to get scary and demoralizing as defense. So, you know, I, I wrote this week for for the Sacramento Bee that I think Kyle Shanahan's plan here is Trey Lance, and I, yeah. I the, and the case is basically like I know nobody thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stick around, but I think the case is you take the guy with the highest upside, mm. and then you have an opportunity to, to sit him because you do have Garoppolo, um, and plus why trade Garoppolo now when his trade value is probably bottoming bottoming out when you could potentially if healthy um you know if he wins some games and the 49ers go to the playoffs in in 2021 then presumably you could trade Garoppolo for a much better trade package than than you would get for him right now so that's that's to me why Lance would make a lot of sense but in terms of the evaluation it seems tricky because he only played one game in 2020 um his 2019 tape was was pretty stellar particularly Mm -hmm. for a 19 year old you know redshirt freshman but how how does the fact that he has such a limited sample size recently uh, change the the evaluation for you? 
Yeah, I mean, that, to me, that's like kind of the big thing. I, I think, you know, for me personally, the reason I'd have uh, Fields higher, number one, I think Fields is more accurate. I think he has a stronger arm. Um, they're, I say, probably around like the same in terms of their ability to add to the run game. I don't know what. Did he even have a pro day yet? I don't know what he ran in the 40. I'm talking about Lance, but I know that Fields is really fast, like 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, speed. Yeah, and he's, and I don't think big. Lance ran at his pro day. I might have to double check that. Yeah, I can't remember, but I, I don't remember hearing 4-4-4, four, 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 certainly, right. like we did with, with Fields. So, like, to me, that the, the three things are accuracy, uh, bigger arm in, in my mind, and then also just probably faster, more athletic. However, the things you're hearing about, um, about Lance's ability to, like, his football IQ, his ability to get on the blackboard and draw plays, know the defense, like all that stuff. They've, they've prepared him really well, um, at North Dakota State to be a pro. Like Lance Zierling was saying this on the NFL or on the athletic show. Um, basically they take each day of practice and, and treat it exactly like an NFL team would do in terms of how they're preparing for their opponent the next week. So he could like hit the ground running in terms of the mental side of being a pro. So maybe that's maybe he's just blowing teams away with his mental acuity, his football IQ, um, that kind of stuff, and that will put him over the top for some teams. Um, I'm not saying that that uh, Fields doesn't have that. I'm just saying like that's something that I've been hearing, you know, about Trey Lance is that he's just super smart, and and that's always very very important, obviously, from a quarterback's perspective. You have so many responsibilities, um, so I think teams definitely put a lot of um, emphasis on that. So. Maybe that would be the thing that puts him over the top, but like for me, again, Lance has, uh, or sorry, Trey, uh, Fields has a bigger arm, he's faster, um, more accurate, and obviously he played against some of the best teams in college football. I mean, that Clemson game is a perfect example, you know, lit up a really, really good Clemson team, four touchdowns after he'd gotten like a rib shot, like he, I think he broke a couple ribs, or at least cracked a couple ribs in that game, and so, I don't know. I I guess I just don't really understand why Fields is supposedly falling down draft boards in yeah. teams, but um, that was why that's why I would lean that way. But I definitely could see a hundred percent why teams, the Forty ers specifically, would like Lance because um, you know similar skill set, but also just apparently very very good football IQ, and and that's maybe something that could put him over the top. I want to go back to Mac Jones real quick because he's just going to be a part of the conversation until <laughs> yeah. April 29th. Like it's just, that's how it's going to be, whether whether it's it's the case that they're drafting him or not. What makes Mac Jones better than somebody like Kyle Trask? Yeah, that's a good question. I think number one, I, to me, when I watch him, like the processing is just so fast and the mm-hmm. accuracy is so good. Trask is not as consistently accurate. Trask has some pretty nice throws, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I saw PFF stat. Like, he had more big-time throws than maybe anybody this year, and he obviously his stats are outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think consistent accuracy, like pinpoint accuracy, I'd say uh, Mac Jones, like, superior. Um, I do think he's actually, and this is, like, relative, but he is more mobile in the way he moves around the pocket. He's more, like dynamic i guess as a pocket passer he can slide and and strafe and and buy himself time to make throws and things like that um you don't see that really with trask as much but i think you know just those two things in particular stand out to me um so i i you know past that like they're they're sort of in the same style of quarterback but i just think like trask is i don't know for lack of a better word like a a a poor man's version of what mac jones's skill set is 
Would you rather have this is what I was getting at. Would you rather have Kyle Trask on day two or trade three first round picks to move up for Mac Jones? <laughs> you're trying to back me into a corner here is what you're doing. Yes. Directly into the corner. Because that was that that's was just kind of my whole thing, yeah, right? On the, is the that. value on Mac Jones, I just I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And you know, I, I'd probably I don't know. I'd be more inclined I think to, to do what you said is Use that, keep those first rounders, draft a guy with a similar skill set. However, like, if Mac, if Mac Jones turns into like Matt Ryan or, I mean, some people have been, and I've, and I've said this too, like, he actually kind of looks like Brady the way he moves around in the pocket. I'm not saying he's Brady, to be clear, but. I'm writing that at Niner Glass. Danny <laughs> Kelly says, Mac Jones don't have it. this be a breakout, like on, on Twitter where it just says, yeah, he looks like Brady. No, uh. <laughs> That's it. Three second clip. <laughs> Is Mac Jones the next Tom Brady? <laughs> but I mean, like, you know what I mean? He, he, stylistically, the way he moves around, like the over the top motion, it's just a little bit like Brady. So, um, yeah, I, I would say, and again, this is like getting to what we were talking about earlier. Like it was a little mystifying to me that they would give up that kind of package to go up that high and get a guy who some people had been mocking, you know, that like late first round. And now that doesn't mean anything, obviously, because maybe some, you know, it only takes one team and, and maybe the NFL. And this is, I think, what we're kind of learning is the NFL apparently likes him a lot more than sort of the draft media does or maybe just the general mm-hmm. um, public would think. That it does seem like the NFL is very high on this guy. So, um, the other thing is like the intangibles, you know, what you're hearing about Mac Jones, like a really strong leader. And, and, and this is like something that I, I heard Schefter say this, like elite, I think he said elite accuracy, elite processing and elite leader. I mean, I'm not in that locker room. I don't really know if he's a leader, but that's what he says. And, and Schefter's not really making stuff up most of the time. So, um, I think that might be another thing that they're looking at. So I, I'm curious if you think there's there's a scenario that maybe isn't getting talked about at this point early <laughs> on. And is that like, is it possible that the Jets decide to keep Sam Darnold or trade out? Yeah. Or uh, is it possible that maybe they like Justin Fields or Trey Lance more than Zach Wilson? And then what would you make of the 49ers positioning there at three oh, if man. Zach Wilson were to be available Um along with whoever else would be on the board. Yeah, that's that's crazy to think about. So, yeah, when I was trying to, like, formulate why this could be a smokescreen, like, why would the 49ers lie, essentially? Why would they put this out that they really love Mac Jones? Like, Well, yeah, because they don't want to be jumped, right? <clears throat> yeah. Like, so if like, they want Trey Lance, they might just not want to be jumped for, you know, for somebody else who might like him there. Exactly. I think right now the general, like, perception is that, the, uh, that Zach Wilson is going to be a jet. Like that, that's a hundred percent certain, but like in reality, we don't know that, you know what I mean? Like go back a couple of years. We didn't think that Sam Darnold was going to be a jet because we thought he was going to be the first overall pick. Yeah. And f- until literally like a couple days, like maybe a day before the draft, that narrative changed. It was, it was Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. I remember everybody saying it, take it to the bank, whatever. It's going to be Sam Darnold. Number one. And then a day or two before, I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be Josh Allen, actually. Maybe it's Josh Allen. And then, like, on the day of the draft, it was like, okay, it's Baker Mayfield. So <clears throat> what my point is, is everybody's assuming the Jets are taking Zach Wilson. And I saw a Peter King article uh, the other day that he he basically said, like, Joe Douglas, who's the GM of the Jets, has learned – or he said someone someone close to Doug, someone close to Douglas told him, Peter King, that – 
basically Douglas is not going to tell anyone. It's like it, it's exactly what um, Dorsey, John Dorsey, did the year they took Baker Mayfield. Essentially, didn't tell anybody who they were taking until the day of the draft, and then it got out, of course. Um, so, I mean, like people talk, it's you know it, you can't you can't keep a lid on something that big. So there's this actual thought that he has literally not told anyone who he's taking. So how do we know it's Zach Wilson? Um, I mean, it's probably Zach Wilson, the betting favorite by far. Maybe I'm like 90% certain that's going to be Zach Wilson, but I think the 49ers owe it to themselves to be like, hey, we can't assume this is the thing, even though they know everybody in that, in that team, you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously they know, they know those guys really closely, but those guys don't have to tell the truth. You know what I mean? Like this is a competitive league. And so. Totally. I don't know. I, I think there is that chance. And so that would be the reasoning behind doing this smoke screen is, is they don't want someone to say, well, they are going to take Justin Fields at number three. So we have to jump over them. Um, you know what I mean? Or they, they're going to take Trey Lance here for sure. That's, this is what's getting out. So we have to jump them if we want him. They just don't want anyone to do that. Danny did, Kelly, you can, ch- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, did that answer your question? I kind of was rambling. Yeah, I can't no, remember that, what you asked. That, that was good. It was, it was just. <laughs> Because it, like you, like you yeah. said, it, it feels like there's always like we do all this analysis and like speculation on what could happen, and then draft night comes along and like nothing we talk yeah. about happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so I'm just trying to year. cover all of our bases. Every Monday's year, third overall book it. <laughs> <laughs> what if the 49ers trade up to get like Kyle Pitts? That's what I want to know. That, that, that would be, would be hilarious. Sandwich. That would be the ultimate troll move. I mean, they did. <laughs> they did basically say. That they're going to take a quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. yeah. So no I, screen season, though. But whatever. They can say whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's exactly what we just that's said. That's true. Like, that would be... God, don't believe I, anything. That would yeah. be incredible. Yeah, Rashawn Slater coming to the <laughs> There you go. I'm doing a Pitts pre-write just in case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> like, just he's the case. kind of guy, like, honestly, I'm not saying to do this, but he's the kind of talent that you could talk yourself into doing this with. You know what I mean? So... Somebody uh, told me that they think... Like, somebody in the league told me that they think he's far and away the most talented guy in the draft at any position. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And in the same draft as uh, Trevor Lawrence, that's yeah. kind of crazy to think about. I mean, he, he's, he is like, I've heard people call him the unicorn. It's you, There are no real strong uh, comparisons. Like, there's nothing that you compare him to because he's, you know, he's got like the 84-inch wingspan, that unheard of. No one's ever had that before. He's so fat, like 4'4", four, four at yeah. whatever I he think, is. Do you know what it's like? It's like... In the 19, uh, I have no concept of time. Whenever TVs <laughs> were invented, and people were like, the 50s, 40s? like the 50s, know, 50s, when they started really getting into everybody's home, and people were like, this is the pinnacle of television. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. TVs, they're the new wave. We got four channels. And now we're like smart TVs. I can, I can go on the internet on my television, you know? Yeah, the, Vernon Davis is like the old televisions, <laughs> and now Kyle Pitts is just like the new evolution of where the tight end position. Absolutely, is. yeah. Everybody wants to know what LeBron James would look like as a football player, and I think it's Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's a he, great point. He is the he's the difference between an iPod. Wait, is that what they were called originally? iPods? iPods, yeah. Yeah, and, and now the iPhone. Like, right. think about yes. the difference between, yes. <laughs> between those. Just the brick iPods, the little spinny circle. Yeah, like the clicker, the <laughs> clicker You're, wheel. It was revolutionary. Great, yeah. You had a great tweet, DK, that Kyle Pitts Pro Comp is Michael Phelps. Okay, so yeah, I want to I want to explain, explain this to people that didn't understand this. So basically, Michael Phelps <laughs> was born to be a championship swimmer, like yes. an Olympic swimmer. Long arms, huge hands, huge feet, short 
legs, long torso, and like legitimate. He had like webbing in his feet. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he he was literally born to be like an awesome swimmer. And Kyle Pitts has he was born to be an awesome football player, awesome pass catcher. He's tall. He's got the longest wingspan like of any tight end ever or something like in the last 20 years and fast, you know, body control, competitiveness. Like he was born to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Catch footballs like he's he's gonna be so good at this and so anyways that was my that was my comp. I love it, DK. Yeah, well, super so, generous with your time, Chris. Go ahead. I try to wrap no, this I was up just, twice. I'm I was gonna two. make a dumb joke that now that <laughs> now that George Kittle's a, a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe Kyle Pitts <laughs> is in play. But <laughs> good what? point. That, that? That's a, that's a reference to George Kittle's dumb April Fool's tweet. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's get Danny out of here. George Kittle not going to Jacksonville. <laughs> not going uh, to Jacksonville. You, Check them out on the Ringer Fantasy Football Show and, uh, like I said, NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. Not a ton of better draft content out there, uh, updated constantly up through uh, the NFL Draft. DK, thanks, man. Thank you, guys. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Chris and Kyle. This time, we're talking to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters like Chris and myself. You're welcome. Access to Chris. We need to get on that, by the way. Yeah, Doing I'm a little down. Q&A action. I yeah. got time. Maybe after the draft. Yeah, a lot, of, lot of tape. A lot of tape to grind in the meantime. Yeah, no, you're in the lab uh, but post draft in that lull between the draft and the off season starting, we, we need to make sure that happens. So as part of the blue wire hustle program, you get personal cover art, Q and A's with blue wires, top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. Those are super valuable. And on top of that, we'll get, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, 
and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for just 15 bucks a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. That's just to have your pod on the network. That doesn't include all of the other things that I just listed. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, though, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join, and check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Now for our conversation with Pro Football Focus's George Chahori. All right, we've got George Chahori here, Pro Football Focus, uh, the Pro Football Focus podcast. Uh, you see him anywhere PFF is doing anything. George is probably there and doing great work. George, we have some substantial 49ers news. I'm not sure if you've heard. No, I haven't. What, what happened? They uh, signed Trent Sherfield. <laughs> I was going to say today, you know, we're recording this on April Fool's, and I just earlier today, like an hour ago, got April Fool's uh, out of my mind. And oh, no. it part of me wishes that it was someone giving me confirmation that, you know, that Shanahan was going to take Mac Jones. You know, they had some... They tapped, uh, you know, tapped a phone somewhere, um, but luckily no one has done that to me because I don't know if I would have made it this far. <laughs> so, so you're go, go ahead, Chris. No, so I, I, I do. I guess we should start there because it seems like that's where the conversation's going. We just we we had Danny Kelly on a little bit earlier, and and I made the point that it just seems like this is all kind of a groupthink exercise where a lot of people in the league might be talking about it in that they look at Kyle Shanahan's past and see that it would be a Mac Jones-type quarterback, but I'm of the belief there's no way Kyle Shanahan is looking at, you know, what's happened to him the last few years, including losing to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes specifically, and saying, yeah, I'm going to stick with the, you know, Matt Schaub, Kirk Cousins type. Those guys haven't won Kyle Shanahan a Super Bowl, by the way. Um, so I, I'm just curious, like what, what you're hearing or what everybody at PFF is talking about and how seriously they're taking this Mac Jones thing. Yeah. You know, I have a huge, I have a huge issue with people telling me that Mac Jones and Mac Jones alone is the Kyle Shanahan type quarterback. Oh. Was that, that's all that's really saying. That's what this says. If you go, Hey, Mac Jones is the best fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. What you're doing is you're saying, actually, Mac Jones isn't good enough to be good in any offense that isn't the greatest offense in the NFL. But because he could be an average quarterback, Kyle Shanahan's brilliance could make him Kirk Cousins. Like, that is all that's saying, and you're ignoring the fact, the very obvious in plain sight fact that everyone ignores, which is an elite quarterback with an elite offensive coach can win you Super Bowls, see the Chiefs in Kansas City, right? Yeah. Um, and and to, to say that Kyle Shanahan's system is, like, built for an average immobile quarterback, and, and I shouldn't call him immobile, like, just not an you know, not a super athlete, is just ridiculous. I mean, that's absurd. Kyle Shanahan, you know, coached uh, RG3, one of the most mobile quarterbacks of all time, and had a damn good offense, I might add, doing it. So... Um, we're not buying it. I'm not buying it. Um, I, I have a, a theory on what it would mean if he took Mac Jones, but I just cannot. I, I watched that pro day really closely. I, I was put off in so many different ways by the way Mac Jones <laughs> threw the ball, the way he carried himself. 
Um, and then Justin Fields went out there and, and absolutely put on a, a killer demonstration. Um, I, I just don't buy it. We talked to Sage Rosenfels on the PFF forecast who worked with Fields at the QB Collective, knows Shanahan well, played for Shanahan in Houston. And he, he thinks it's just a complete bunch of mumbo jumbo that they would trade up three first round picks to take a guy whose ceiling is Kirk Cousins. That's what, that's kind of what it, it seems like anybody, I think that's the issue is it's not dogging Mac Jones. Like maybe Mac Jones is going to be a, a fine quarterback in the NFL and he's going to win games, but trading three first round picks for the guy, I think is where, where the disconnect is. There's no way the 49ers were looking at the the group of available quarterbacks or presumed to be available quarterbacks at number three and went, we have to go up and get Mac Jones. I just can't, I can't wrap my brain around uh, a coach on the cutting edge of offensive football saying that Mac Jones is is the guy that's that's best for the 49ers. For the next 15 years. I just, I can't. I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. So think about this. Here's how I kind of think about it. Okay, let's say all the quarterbacks in the NFL are available. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which of them are you trading three first-round picks for? And and how many of them, you know, like, are you trading three first-round picks for... Now, you have to adjust the salary, right, and think about it on a... You know, but are you are you turning back the hands of time and, and spending three first-round picks to have the first... Four years of Kirk Cousins? No, I mean, no, I, I, you're not. And and Kirk Cousins, for what it's worth, you know, kudos to him. Dude has done great. He's a fourth round pick. Um, Matt Ryan. Everyone goes, oh yeah, yeah Matt Jones can be Matt Ryan. Are, what? Where? Where are the drugs that these people are buying? I want to know so that I can profit because Matt Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan is a legit. Quarterback, like he is in a different, uh, on a different level than Kirk Cousins, has been saddled with some some unfortunate situations, um, but but Matt Ryan has a ceiling that is higher than Kirk Cousins and is elite. Um, and even then, you're going, look, he doesn't have that X factor. I can't imagine that Kyle Shanahan doesn't think back to that Super Bowl in, uh, with Atlanta. Think about the Dante Hightower strip sack and go, you know, if Matt Ryan were Patrick Mahomes. In, on that play, would I have won a Super Bowl? You know, um, yeah. And uh, and then he watched Patrick Mahomes. It all took was one play where every other quarterback gets sacked, and he you know throws a bomb to Tyreek Hill. So uh, you know, I, I just can't I can't fathom the idea that he's sitting there hoping and praying that three first round picks will net him a seven to ten QB. Totally agree. Um, I, I wrote this week that just. You know, based on, so I guess it's stylistically for me, I, I think it's going to be Trey Lance. And, and I think it's just about the fit, the fact that, you know, the 49ers could keep Jimmy Garoppolo, keep Trey Lance on the bench, let him develop for a year or less, whatever, until Garoppolo gets hurt or, you know, whatever, uh, until Kyle Shanahan is comfortable with playing Trey Lance. And I think Lance might have a higher upside, but just in terms of what he does, uh, at North Dakota State, it just seems like a more seamless transition to me because it is sort of a similar offense to what Kyle Shanahan is going to run, whereas Justin Fields, it's a lot of long-developing plays, um, and I don't necessarily think that that's his fault, but I just think it would take a little bit more time for him to adjust, and, and I think Justin Fields would also be excellent. 
Um, but for me, I just, I just think the fit is a little bit more clear with Lance. Um, do, do you have, do you have an opinion either way between, between Fields and Lance and, and how would you break that down? So I think that fits are nice and they're, they're fun to talk about, but I think they're overrated a little bit. And what I mean by that is I don't think any college offense is really that good of a preparation for the NFL. And whether it's Lance or Fields, there's going to be a big jump. I mean, Trey Lance was playing against, you know, no, no one anyone can name <laughs> and right, was right. throwing 15 passes a game because they were just dominating teams. And I think you have to weigh that a little bit. You know, he made no mistakes. That's fine. Um, but, but battle tested is not the word I would use. I think either one of them has got a pretty steep learning curve to excel in that offense. Now, I'm curious your guys take. So, so personally, to answer your question, personally, I would go Fields because I've seen him perform with accuracy. Mm-hmm. And I think accuracy is really the key thing that I'm looking for. Um, and is, is, you know, just about as good of an athlete. But in situations that I'm a little more confident are like the NFL in terms of players he's going to face. So I would go Fields. I can get on board with Lance. I can't get on board with Jones. I'm curious though that I don't think either of those guys coming in and need to learn, needing to learn the system is obvious, but I don't think that's why they're keeping Jimmy G. They're keeping Jimmy G because they can't get rid of him right now. They could not trade <laughs> Jimmy G for a pack of, of used, half used gum. <laughs> so the only it, way that it, you're recouping anything for Jimmy G is if you play him, he plays well, and then you can trade him, right? I mean, I'm not, yeah, like, yeah. isn't that your guys' interpretation? No, that that's totally it, and and I you know I think Kyle Shanahan basically said that uh, on Monday. Not that Jimmy G can't be traded right now, but there's also the element of what's the offseason program going to look like, right? Like the 49ers mm-hmm. have the expectation of contending for a Super Bowl if they're healthy, and a rookie quarterback has never played in a Super Bowl. So I know you know you probably don't think about that in terms of team building and and what you want to do and how you want to spend your money. But I just think if they were to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, then you probably do need to get another quarterback to have a backup because otherwise you're rush, you're, you're throwing Josh Rosen out there as your number two. So it it makes a lot of sense to keep Jimmy Garoppolo from a few different perspectives because you just need the depth. Um, he could he could potentially start, and if he is healthy and plays like he did in 2019 or better, then you have a shot at potentially contending for the NFC West. And then, like you said, you know he's an asset for you. Right, and right now his stock is is about as low as it's going to be, and so you know what what's the rush to get rid of him when you have all these reasons to keep him with a with a chance to contend or win the division, go to the playoffs with him as a quarterback, and then if he does that, you're probably trading him for a package including a first round pick. So I think you're right on the money with that. Well, and I would say this too: desperation is going to hit a team at some point, and if Jimmy G is playing well that desperation is going to manifest itself in a first round pick. You know, that that is going to happen. People will get on board with Jimmy G quickly if he's playing well. And and I would say this, the one thing that worries me, you said a rookie quarterback's never played in the Super Bowl. And there's a couple of things with that. First off, Andy Reid kept that from happening because he wouldn't play Patrick Mahomes. And <laughs> that is the thing that people are missing. Oh, that's why Patrick Mahomes is great. No, you're what again Please lead me <laughs> to the place where these drugs exist. I, what are you saying? You're telling me that Patrick Mahomes would have been a run-of-the-mill quarterback, but 
because of the year that he spent under Alex Smith's expert tutelage, he became the superstar that he is today. No. In fact, I'll tell you guys a story. I've told this a couple of times. Um, the Patriots were reportedly preparing uh, in 2018. They played the Chiefs on opening day. They were preparing for Patrick Mahomes to start because they watched the preseason tape and go, oh, well, they're going to play Mahomes. He's better. And if they had made the switch to Mahomes, I mean, that team, that team's probably going to the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I, I would be a little nervous of that. I don't think that Shanahan will be, um, I think he'll be excited. I personally think the fact that they went three first round picks to move up, that tells me that Shanahan's chomping at the bit, man. He is so excited to have a guy who can execute his system, but then also be an X factor. That if that guy's learning the system and is ready to go, say week twelve, like he's coming in and he's not leaving. Man, Man I, 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 one of the scenarios I can't, I can't stop thinking about is because Shanahan and Lynch in their press conference made it made it pretty clear that that their desire to move on from Garoppolo wasn't performance based; it was his availability. What do you think this looks like if Garoppolo is healthy and they go to the NFC Championship last year? Are they still making this move? No, I I don't think so. Um, because they, part of I think the tricky thing with you know being a general manager or a coach is like when you make a big play, you know, and they made a big play with Garoppolo. Now it, they did, constructed the contract really well, but you want to be right. So, right. you know, I think if they make, if he stays healthy, they make the NFC Championship game. And, and again, he doesn't like, you know, self, you know, combust in that game. I think they're probably keeping him and they're going, you know, well, it'll, it would cost us everything to move up because they'd be lower, you know, on the, on the, uh, uh the draft order. Point. Um, it, and look, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about him. Seems like a nice guy. I think. Everything I've heard, and I've talked to Richard Sherman about him, um, he speaks incredibly highly of him, said the guy was the consummate professional, like you wanted to play for Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Shanahan has said the same thing. So, you know, you're not going to come out there and just disparage the guy. Plus, I keep coming back to this. You can't tear the guy down if you want to trade him. You have to right, pretend right. that this guy could take you to the Super Bowl or else you're never going to convince the Denver Broncos to, to trade for him when they realized Drew Locke could not hit you know, <laughs> literally the broad side of the mountain that they sit their stadium on. So um, it it is it is performance based because his performance sucked when his ankles were, were tweaked. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, so one scenario, and we talked about this a little bit earlier before you came on, but one scenario that that I think we should at least be prepared for. Not saying that it's likely, but in the in the event that. Zach Wilson doesn't go number two for whatever reason. Either the Jets trade out and maybe to, you know, to a team that likes Fields or the, the Jets like Fields more than Wilson. And this is, you know, which would obviously be unexpected. But if the 49ers are in a situation where say it's, it's Zach Wilson versus Trey Lance or Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields, is it as easy in your mind to just say, all right, we'll take, we'll take Zach Wilson? No matter what, or do you think there's one guy that maybe Kyle Shanahan would even prefer over Wilson and that he has conviction about? I made the claim um, on uh, on the podcast with Eric on, on the forecast yesterday 
that I could see a scenario where Kyle Shanahan has Justin Fields or Trey Lance uh, as the number one or two, one or two guy. I mean, shit, you know, Trevor Lawrence probably locked in at one. I don't know if he scouted him that much, but like ahead of Wilson, in mm-hmm. large part because I could see the running element being mm-hmm. something uh-huh. that he really wants to build in. And, and Wilson is as a mobile guy, but you're not designing, you know, you're not running read option with him, you know, in, in the way that you would with uh, Fields or, or Lance. And there's that, you know, that video of, of Shanahan talking about how dynamic that offense can be. And, you know, he's such a creative guy. He loves the run game. Like, I think he would he would be so excited to have a quarterback that was accurate and mobile <laughs> that that, yeah, that right. could be something. I could I think it's more plausible. I'll say this. I think it's more plausible that all of this rigmarole about Alabama's Pro Day, about Mac Jones, about all this stuff is more about keeping either the Jets or another team off the scent for Justin Fields um than 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 it is, you know, real smoke about about Mac Jones. Like I, I just think that's way more plausible because there are many outlets out there that were questioning would is Fields ahead of Lawrence at one point, you know, when he just a few months ago broke six ribs and tossed six touchdowns. Um and there are many places that still have a number two. And you watch a guy run four four and then throw sixty five yard pinpoint missiles. It's not crazy. Zach Wilson played at BYU. He looks like he's 14. Like, you know, I'm just saying. I personally would take Wilson, and the reason why is that I think you can be more certain of someone's just natural ability to throw the ball with anticipation, accuracy, and strength than anything else. And Wilson does that as well as any quarterback that we've seen. He has the highest PFF grade of any quarterback last year. If you go look at the, the, the PFF NFL draft guide, it's like a, a litany of just like on target throws for, for Zach Wilson. So, um, I think he's got a little bit more specialness in terms of being able to throw the football. So I would go Wilson, but I could see Shannon. I wonder if you like, is that where you guys are at with Lance or Fields, maybe his guy and it doesn't matter. You know, that's the only guy that he wants. So I, I noticed I, just the timing of it all. Kyle, uh, sorry, I, I can, I'll. I was, was going to say I was going to defer to you because you had a thought okay. on this. Yeah. So this is kind of like galaxy brain conspiracy type shit. But like the timing of it, the trade happens two weeks after Trey Lance's pro day, in which Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch did not attend. Um, and then they have their press conference the day before the, tr- the Justin Fields and Mac Jones pro days. And I think they had a very good idea that going to Mac Jones's pro day the day after their press conference where there are all these talking points and all the videos of Kyle Shanahan talking about it. I just, it, I don't know if it was intentional, but I just think it's notable. Just the timing of it. The fact that this happened so far after Lance's pro day that Lance has not really been in the news cycle in connection with the 49ers as some of these other guys have. And that's not to say that Lance is the guy, but if you were to say, who's the, who's the prospect that's not getting talked about who it really could be. And that's Lance. So I, I, I just think it's interesting. Like, I just think that series of events, the timing of how that happened is interesting, and and I could see a scenario where, whether it's Lance or Fields, like, I could see a scenario where the 49ers would love love for everybody to think they're taking Mac Jones, because if there is somebody that wants to take Fields or Lance, they're not going to jump them, um, you know, in a trade with the Jets. And, and you could even say the same thing about the Jets. Like, if 
maybe if if Kyle Shanahan likes a quarterback, there's a very good chance that Mike LaFleur is going to like the same quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think it, it's it makes sense from that standpoint to have your big press conference uh, on Monday and then go to Mac Jones press conference the very next day and make it and make it very clear Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are here right in front of all the cameras who are all there at you know the biggest pro day of the offseason. Was that the only one that felt like every shot of Kyle Shanahan, he was paying more attention to the receiver than the quarterback at Bama's pro day? What surprised me? I, I would be more, uh, yeah, I would agree. Like that's, <laughs> first off, I was watching the receivers more than, than I was watching the, uh, quarterback, like trying to drop back in the pocket. Um, and, and, and can we just talk about something here for a second. Nothing yes. was more embarrassing than trying to prove you're mobile, running a route and looking like, like here's how I'd characterize that, that catch, that reception air quotes around it by Mac Jones. When you go to play pickup flag football and you haven't decided on teams yet, you're just running routes and you're seeing, you know, what's what, you see that catch, that guy's getting picked last. <laughs> I guess that's just, that's embarrassing. That's so, okay? That's just, it's that's absolutely, so pretend for an instant that you belong. You know, just pretend. The even his mannerisms, he was laughing while he was airmailing throws and hitting the ceiling and like, you know, just and then Justin Fields came out there and was just like, this is I was born to do this. Anyways, um I am buying the we weren't going to any pro days of any quarterbacks until we made this trade kind of deal. And it worked out perfectly for them that they had an opportunity to go to Alabama over Ohio State, throw everyone into a frenzy. I mean, these guys have got to love how much it it just throws the media into stitches. I mean, it's fantastic. Yes. So, yeah. like, you know, they're not they're not stupid. They get it, and, and, and um, it makes sense. It makes too much sense. Are we really buying that this super secretive team, like John Lynch, told Jed York, you know, no leaks that I'm getting hired. I don't want it coming out until it's. Until it's announced, this super secretive team didn't even talk to Mike McGlinchey. He didn't even know the 49ers were looking at him and then they draft him. We're to believe that they made this trade and then they're going to magically go to the pro day of the guy they're going to draft? I'm not buying that at all. Also, they they, they already know who they're taking. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Like, like you're just going to go... Yeah, here's, you know, if you had like a million dollars in savings and you were like, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. Hopefully I, you know, pick me a house, whatever one, you know, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with the ones that are out there. Take, take it all. No, like you're not doing that. Right. right. They knew who they wanted. And to be clear, a pro day is not swinging anyone in any direction. Like I'm not saying that they went to the pro day. They saw Mac Jones perform like, joke and go, you know what, he's not the guy. Or they're watching the film on fields and going, you know what, maybe we should switch off of Mac Jones to Justin Fields. I'm saying that without a shadow of a doubt, they already knew who they were taking. And that's why I think your your Lance theory is pretty sound because they, they've talked to him three times um, is what I think I'm getting the number correct over Zoom. Um, and, you know, that certainly matters. I'm sure they've scouted all these guys and they didn't go to his pro day. So... You know, like that is that to me is more of a sign than showing up to Mac Jones Pro Day the after the day after the press conference. What the thing that the thing that impressed me the most at the Alabama Pro Day 
was Najee Harris, who I mistook for a tight end sized receiver. And then I was like, oh, it's a running back. Um, I'm in on Najee, uh, sorry, Najee Harris as the, as a second round pick. I did, I did. I'm sorry. 925. I love, I love the 925. Born and raised. How would PFF, how would PFF look at the Niners using a second round pick on a running back? I would cry. Really? Even if it was, if you, even if it was Najee Harris. First off, I wouldn't take Najee Harris first. I wouldn't take him second either. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, he ran behind the best offensive line in the NFL. I, I mean, nothing against Najee Harris, but like, his stats are inflated more than any other running back's stats can be inflated. And for the there was someone that said the guy running the pro day or, or something like that said Najee Harris ran routes like Reggie Bush. And I was like, we've reached, we've reached Mount Stupid way too early in the process. I mean, stop. Um, I'd take Javante Williams first um, among running backs, and I wouldn't take him until late third, fourth round. Raheem Mostert looks like a – Raheem Mostert looks like Adrian Peterson back there, and you're going to go spend a second-round pick on a guy that ran behind the best offensive line in the NFL? No, no. I'm going to spend a second-round pick on a guy who I thought was a receiver built like a tight end who one time jumped over a guy. <laughs> That's what I'm enamored by. <laughs> a lot of guys can hurdle defenders that are going you know, that are going low. Yeah. I, yeah. I get it. How does uh, so? I'm curious about this Lance thing. And, I'm and kidding, like, by the way. I wouldn't spend a second round pick on. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with PFF and and all the great work you guys do, specifically from you know a, a numbers standpoint, how do you? Is there a way to quantify the inexperience? Or I guess I mean the the number of starts isn't all that different from other guys in the class, but with Lance. How do you quantify the difference in competition and how do the numbers stack up with fields or the other guys that they would be considering? Yeah. So we take all that into account in our projections, how many snaps you've played. We obviously, you know, grade um, all the teams. So like we can say, Hey, this competition was pretty good. This one wasn't. And it, it, it leads to some interesting things like the ACC, not great. <laughs> um, right. And we have a better projection on Zach Wilson uh, from a uh, purely analytic standpoint than any other quarterback. Um, and Fields is decidedly, you know, on average ahead of Lance for that reason. Um, played better competition and, and graded better on a larger number of snaps. So that sample size is important. But it does, you know, we take athletic profiles into account as well. And that really widens the distribution, you know, so Lance is like, Lance is a lottery ticket, you know, and, and one that is pretty expensive if you pay a, a top five pick for him. Um, and you've got to, you know, that's why, that's why I bet Kyle Shanahan has watched it. Every, you know, practice snap that he could get of Trey Lance, he's probably watching his workouts, you know, behind a chain link fed somewhere trying to get a sense <laughs> because, you know, even if you watch the North Dakota State games, I mean, like, how many of those throws are you really like, wow, like, this guy, hey, he's playing in clean pockets, there's no one near him, he's an absolute man amongst boys. Um, I think it's a really tough projection with Trey Lance, to be honest with you, I, and I am as enamored by athletes as anyone out there, but I think it's tough. So is Fields, is it is it pretty clear for you that, like, you think that, that it, it should be Fields at three if he's there? 
I would take Fields. I have. I'll let you guys know. I have bet on Trey Lance in a couple yeah, of ways that. because of the way the odds were. I mm-hmm. bet him to go three uh, at seven to one, and I bet him to go before Fields at four to one. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think there is a legit chance, and um, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be dis- I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be like really mad about it because um, you think something you have to remember is whether you feel strongly. Uh, it's a great quote. You have strong opinions, but hold them weakly. You know, and I have a strong opinion that Justin Fields is better than Trey Lance right now. But it could take only three games of data to say, you know what, that opinion was not great, and I, I'm going to hold it weakly. I'm going to toss it out, and it's a crapshoot. And you have to be able to understand that. And really what I want, and all Niners fans should want this, is to draft someone who has a chance to be great. And, you know, I think a chance to be great is like, you know, 10% of the time they could end up being a a top five quarterback. And I think Trey Lance has that. I think Justin Fields has that. I think Trevor Lawrence has that. I think Zach Wilson has that. And I think Mac Jones, absolute tip of the, you know, the, the absolute epitome of success is, is Kirk Cousins. And even that might be, you know, you know, a lot. Kirk Cousins, not bad quarterback. How do you it would be hilarious the- if just, if, if Mac Jones just ends up available at 15. <laughs> you know, like it just goes to the Pats at 15 and they don't even have to move up for him. I, I, I can't rule it out. You know, like I don't know, aside from the hype, I don't know what the reasoning is. I, so right now, and I think we may have talked about this the last time, I have not, I always find one draft prop each year that that makes my season. Like it was Kyler Murray at like ten to one or something to go number one um, a few years back. Um, but <laughs> Matt Jones opened up in the markets eighteen and a half, eighteen and a half over under for where he was drafted, and it's now nine and a half. And I don't think I don't think it will move off nine and a half. Because I think if he's there at nine, the the Broncos really really need to take him. <laughs> uh, I think the Broncos should try and trade up, um, you know. But I think if they sit at nine and he's there at nine, they've got to take him. So I think that's the that's the place. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots tried to move up, you know, to seven or eight or something like that if they want him. Um, but uh, you know, I don't think the price would be nearly as much as going from twelve to to three, especially if the team doesn't really want you know the quarterback. So, um, yeah, I think nine is the spot for him. I don't think he gets past there. I want to run through each of the. I'm going to go to Zach Wilson too. So each of the four quarterbacks that aren't Trevor Lawrence, and I want you to tell me if they started week one what you think the 49ers ceiling is in 2021. So let's start with Zach Wilson. The 49ers draft Zach Wilson. He's the starter week one. What's their ceiling? You got to be honest. I think their ceiling is is probably at... Yeah. I would say... I mean, ceiling, are you talking about like everything goes right or like, you know, most things go right? How, yeah, how, yeah. how ceiling do you want me to get? <laughs> um, like, like standard, like they're not, they're, they're not gonna get. Say like average injury luck, like yeah, so, similar a, to what happened in 2019. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we'll go Next. average injury Next luck. Part. 
Probably like 90th, 90th percentile. I would say going to and potentially winning the NFC Championship game okay. Um, okay. is their ceiling with Zach Wilson. What about Justin Fields? Um, I think it's uh, I think it's around around sooner. Um, I think they could be I think they could be potentially just as good an offense. Um, I think Justin Fields will be a little bit more susceptible to great defensive scheme. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I think Zach Wilson, I think Zach Wilson has a few more like um, X factor throws in him that gets you from, you know, divisional to, to championship. What about Trey Lance? Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to say, the ceiling is the same as, as Justin Fields, um, but I think the floor is definitely – I think the floor for Lance is like doesn't play year one. Right. That makes sense. Okay, and then what – and then Mac Jones. <laughs> um, yes. It's whatever it is with Jimmy G, you know. Sure. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's make the playoffs and, um, and then – See what Kyle Shanahan can cook. I mean, I'll, here's here's my theory. If Kyle Shanahan takes Mac Jones at three, Kyle Shanahan will forever have the biggest balls of any coach to ever walk the sideline. Because what he is saying is, I am so good, I am so good, that all I need is an average quarterback on a rookie contract, and I'm going to win a Super Bowl. And that is... That, that is so incredibly cocky and ballsy, and I love Kyle Shanahan for that reason. Like, he is a savant. He has a – it's like a dark art the way he schemes offenses, and uh, I'll uh, I'll respect him for it. I won't be happy <laughs> about it, but sure, sure. I will respect him for it. Would you rather have had – and I asked this earlier of, of, uh, of DK. Would you rather have uh, – Kyle Trask is a second round pick or trade three first round picks to go up and get Mac Jones. Oh, Kyle, Kyle Trask. Okay. Okay. How much, how much Trask have you watched? Like, is he, what, what's the, I, I, that's, that's one of the things I'm hung up on. Yeah. I've watched a little bit. Um, I don't think he's, he's great. Um, I think the tough thing, I really just think in the NFL today, it's really hard to be a statue. It really is. I mean, yeah. Tom Brady, like, some idiot tweeted something out about how, you know, the last six of the last seven Super Bowls have been won by immobile quarterbacks. It's like, dude, Tom Brady, like, are you, you know, what, what's going on here? Tom Brady not only has, you know, is a, is smarter than all of the other players on the football field combined every time he steps out there, but he also has a ton of arm talent. Like Tom Brady is slinging the ball downfield, and and Kyle Trask does not have a very strong arm for being a tall dude, so I, I think he struggles um, a little bit. Um, here's the thing, though, and this gets back to Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is so good that if you are an average quarterback, that's where you want to go. You know, you'll be decent, and right. I, I think Mac Jones could be a little bit above average, sure, but in all likelihood, most of these guys are. Average to below average, you know, and even some of the guys that we're talking about that we think are elite, they're probably going to be 
average. You know, it's just it's the way the ball bounces. It's always nice to look at them before they played. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Mac Jones is is fine. I would probably take him at at fifteen if I were sitting there. Uh, I would feel really bad if I were the Broncos and I didn't trade up and then we're kind of forced into taking Mac Jones at nine. I think that's a little bit of a reach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good for them. They're going to be in the NFL. I wonder if Mac Jones has a chance to break Nick Mullins' um, yardage record Great for the question. first, like, six six games or whatever that is. It's Whatever, whatever that One list is. It's a full season. Yeah. Nick Mullins is like third all time in yards in his second. First 16, it's second Mahomes, Mullins, Andrew Luck, the Mount uh, Rushmore of this era. So Fields is a prediction. Is that what you're telling us? Uh, yeah, I'll go Fields. I'll okay. predict Fields. Yeah. Even though you literally bet on Trey Lance, I bet on Trey Lance because I think the odds. I think it's much closer to a coin flip. Um, like I would, I think it's Fields, and I would say it's probably in my mind. 60-40, um, yeah. but, you know, when you're getting odds that are giving you, you know, payoff, like it's a 10% chance you take it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the one of the things I wanted to run by you, uh, Danny Heifetz on the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast was talking about the idea of nature versus nurture with the NFL draft, but specifically with quarterbacks, and how whoever the 49ers take, because they are a Super Bowl caliber team picking third in the draft, which is insane – Whoever the 49ers take is going to wind up being the best quarterback in this draft. Do you buy into that? He he brings up a great point, which is when we project quarterbacks into the NFL, the number one predictor of success is how you know the, the environment they're in, right? Right. right. Um, and uh, I'll say this: whoever gets drafted by the Niners, they will be the favorite for rookie of the year. Um, I, I do. I'll push back a little bit on that. I think um, certainly if you looked at like the first three years, I would bet on that guy. Um, I, I, I do think Zach Wilson, you know, I know the Jets are the Jets. They've done some smart things lately. I do believe in Robert Sala. I think LaFleur, you know, definitely learned from Shanahan, which is a good thing, you know, a good thing for him. Yeah. Um, and, and ha, you know, he could, I think, eventually overcome. I think Lawrence is, is not going to go to that bad of a situation in Jacksonville, but the odds on favorite, I agree, is whoever gets picked by the Niners. And if you're Justin Fields, if you're Zach Wilson, you're trying to figure out, what do I have to do? Like, if you see <laughs> today that the, the Jets put up season tickets for sale and like Sam Darnold was plastered all over the site. Like, was that, that was Zach Wilson's publicist who called New York and was like, you put, Sam Darnold on that, you know, they're, he's doing everything he can, man, because the difference between Kyle Shanahan and, and the best offensive line in the NFL, you've got three great receiving options. You obviously have Kyle Shanahan. You have a defense that's going to be pretty solid. Um, God, I mean, at third, at the third pick to get that good of a situation is insane. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I'm, I'm, in agreement that no matter who the 49ers take, as long as it isn't Mac Jones, it's probably going to be a very good, a very good outcome. Right. Like given what we know about Kyle Shanahan and given the situation that he's going to that, or that the player's going to that you just outlined, like I, it, it would be a shock to me. And I guess it would take injuries and a bunch of weird stuff happening, or maybe just the guy mentally just having a breakdown or something midway through his career. But I just don't see a scenario where it's not 
a huge come up for the 49ers. And I think this is, this is really Kyle Shanahan's opportunity. He's never had an opportunity to go atop the draft board and pick his guy. Like he's the, he's this guy that everybody associate with, with, with these middling quarterbacks while also being, you know, arguably the best offensive mind in the league, but he's never had really had his guy. And so this is his chance to have his guy. And if, if, if he hits on it, then it's like, all right, now the 49ers might be in a, in a position where they could win multiple Super Bowls. Like I, I, that's sort of my expectation going into it. And I know that's probably way too high, but like that's, that's, that's just what Kyle Shanahan's reputation is to me as an offensive guy. And if he hits this, like I just, it could, you know, we know what the 49ers being good does for the Bay Area, like as a whole. And I don't want to get everybody too excited, but I, I just think that's the ceiling on this. And so with all of that at stake, I just can't see it being Mac Jones. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I would say the way Kyle Shanahan should be thinking of this, if you pay three first-round picks, you're going, this could be a guy who I I never have another quarterback. You know, yeah, I think exactly. exactly. That's the way Andy Reid felt about Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, that's, uh, well, you know, Brady was there for 20 years. We'll, we'll call that a win, I guess, for the Patriots. Um <laughs> You know, Rodgers with the Packers, like, that's the type of move you're trying to make. And um, it, it should be reminded, you made it uh, very clear there. It is not that his favorite type of quarterback is an average, you know, run-of-the-mill uh, dude like Kirk Cousins or Matt Schaub or, <laughs> you know, Matt Ryan or whatever. John Those John are Beth. just the quarterbacks that he had. And he's so damn good that he made them look way better than they should have. And that just means that his scheme is awesome. And if you put an awesome quarterback in there that also happens to be mobile, guess what? His scheme will still be off. His scheme doesn't get worse because the quarterback now can actually move. Like, that doesn't happen, okay? I'm sorry. Too good of a player player back there. Yeah, we can't take fields. He's too good. It'll devalue the scheme, okay? We need the, can we get the, can we get another, another dozen Krispy Kreme donuts in here for Big Mac, please? <laughs> that's, a, that's, there's this weird narrative that like, oh, Shanahan just wants a quarterback he can control. He just want, he just wants a quarterback who's an extension yeah. of him on the field. He doesn't want anybody playing outside of structure. He's so arrogant that that's what he wants. And I, like, that's, that's a thing a lot of people in the Bay Area believe. Like, and, and, I mean, I just, I can't see that. Like, I'm 100% with you in that. It's like, yeah, he wants his John Elway or Steve Young. Like, his dad had those guys. His dad won Super Bowls right. with those guys. Like, he's not... And to that... Of Josh Allen? Not... He talks so highly of Josh Allen. And Josh exactly. Allen, people feel, is an improviser. Every coach wants a guy that's going to listen to him and run the plays. This isn't new, okay? Justin Fields <laughs> is not going to go out there and audible out of every play Kyle Shanahan calls. Patrick Mahomes' brilliance... I, I, People forget this. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in structure from a clean pocket. He executes Andy Reid's stuff to perfection. And when it's there, he takes it. But the thing is, when it's not there, he's also just as lethal a quarterback. And that's not the case with every other quarterback in the NFL. What Kyle Shanahan wants, you know what he wants? He wants a Lombardi trophy. That's what he wants, okay? It's not telling me about control, okay? This isn't about like a dog leash and like checking to see whether his quarterback went to bed by 10 p.m. 
He wants to win a Super Bowl. I think he's seen the teams that are competing for Super Bowls. They either had Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, or Tom Brady. Okay, so you're either drafting the smartest, most accurate, most you know, superhuman of all time in Tom Brady, or you're getting a guy that has an X factor and can play the quarterback position. And I, I just believe that's what he wants to do. That's what he's going to draft. And I think he wants to. I think the control thing, yeah, if it's an undrafted Nick Mullins, yeah, you really want to make sure you're keeping your thumb on what that guy's doing. But if Justin Fields is going to go roll out to his left to evade pressure and then huck a bomb 65 yards for a touchdown, like I think, I think he would take that too. Uh, one last thing here, George, getting away from the quarterbacks and the draft for a minute, what do you think just kind of overall about the, the 49ers free agent period? Because from, from, I, I think I, I believe, and I don't want to speak for Chris, but I think Chris thinks the same thing. It went probably even better than they expected it would. Yeah. Um, it's funny. When they signed Trent Williams, my immediate reaction was they're going up and getting a rookie quarterback. And I'm not making this uh-huh. up. You go check the podcast. Um, because to me, it signified we are going to create an environment to get this guy off to the right start, and we're not going to look back. And um, the way they structured that deal was fantastic. It's basically three and three. Um, and I think Trent Williams, look, I love Trent Williams. He was on the Chris Collinsworth podcast with Richard Sherman, and, and he and Richard just hit it off. So I, I'm a little bummed that, that Richard isn't coming back because I just, you know, I like Richard a lot. Um, but I think when you get a person like Trent Williams there, and, it, it, you know, it's a lot of money, but you're bringing in a rookie quarterback, and I think that's, you know, that's the lens you got to look at it through. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's such a win for your team. Um, he's such a special player. So I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and, and I, you know, I think they still have some question marks in the, in the secondary that need to be addressed. Um, but, you know, that's what the rest of the draft is for, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they got eight other picks still. Yeah, well, I think that's I think that's all we got, George. We really appreciate you coming on, um, definitely, and uh, and offering the insight. Is uh, how can how can people find your work? Oh, my work. Let's just go to pff.com. Look, I, I'm uh, they don't let me write a whole lot anymore. I have to you know I have to badger my way on screen because um, I scare people a lot. Um, but a lot of the people at PFF are doing fantastic work. I would I would shout out the PFF NFL Draft Guide. That the final edition was just released. Mike Renner, our lead draft analyst, everyone else did a fantastic job on that. It's got some really cool team-oriented stuff there. Um, so just head over to pff.com and check that out and, you know, try to avoid me at all costs because I'll just rant and rave about, you know, random things you don't understand in the Niners. I actually disagree. That's why we seek you out is those very specific things. So, <laughs> Look, I, I have um, a sense of humor that hits like you know thirty percent of the time, um, and uh, and so you know you just have to be willing. You know you have to be willing and ready to take that on if you're gonna follow me on Twitter or something like that. All right, man. Well, we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll talk to you again at some point, maybe uh, maybe before or after the draft to to break it all down and talk about whichever quarterback they bring on. But uh, until then, man, be well and uh, and we'll talk soon. It's always a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No. Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid: high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So. At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself. With twenty five percent off at virtual dot com slash podcast.